So, so excited that you guys are here. I, I do need a little help. Um, we're, we've got some presents to unwrap. I need, uh, you're so quick, so quick. I need like an elementary student, like maybe fifth grade or so, fifth grade or so. Oh man, you are super excited. Come on down, come on down right here. Fifth grade or so, let me, let me get these for you. All right, say real loud what your name is. Caleb. Caleb. Say what's up, Caleb. All right, so Caleb, I want you to hold this present, okay? You got it? And I'm going to hold this one. All right, now, first of all, do you believe that I wrapped these? Probably not. Probably not. Now, why would you say such a thing? Um, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who wrapped these. <laughs> doesn't matter whatsoever. All right, so you've got your present. Come up here on stage with me. Come on up, come on up, come on up. You got it? Now, we've already established what you do or don't believe about the wrapping of it. Now, I want you to, now, don't, like, shake, shake it, but... You can kind of move it around. Do you believe there's something inside of it? Yes. You do. Something good? <laughs> this really shows how much you believe in me here, Caleb. All right, so we believe there's something inside of it. We're not sure. You've got to make a decision. Do you think there's something good or not something good? Yes, there is something good. Okay, now what are you basing that off of? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. All right, now I'm going to give you another present. All right, so I'm going to hold on to this one. Now I want you to hold that one. All right, now, now what do you believe about that present? There's something in it, but not too much. There's something in it, but not too much. And what are you basing that belief off of? <laughs> Smart kid, mom and dad. Smart kid. Smart kid. All right, so if I were to let you choose which present you want, which one would you choose? Really? You would choose that one. Oh, it could be. You're, you're absolutely right. It most certainly could be something good. All right, I'm going to let you choose. You've got to feel both of these. You kind of have some beliefs on the two of these. Which one do you want? I'll let you, I'll let you pick. Oh, you changed your mind. You changed your mind. All right, you want to open that one? You want to open that one? Should I open this one? All right. All right, what do we got? What do we got? Now, don't open the box yet. You finish getting your wrapping. Get your wrapping. All right, so what do we have? What, what's our box say? Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. Now, based on what you believe, do you want to switch? No. Are you sure? I'm okay if you want to switch with me. In fact, I'm really okay if you want to switch with me. All right, you want to try to open it? All right, here, I'll hold. I'll hold. Open it up. Let's see what you... Did you choose good? Yes. Did you choose well? <laughs> yes. All right, now here's what I have to do. Now, where's your family at? Does he have permission to eat this whole box? <laughs> they said no, so I'm going to hang on to it. No, I'm just kidding. All right, you take that back. You share. You eat them with your family. Hey, give Caleb a big round of applause. Great job, Caleb. Oh, Christmas. Christmas is, as we would say, a season to believe. It's a time for believing. But we don't just believe blindly on everything. Sometimes we do, right? And, and you could tell, starting off as Caleb and, Caleb and I had, had two presents wrapped sort of the same, as best as we possibly could wrap them the same, um, you, you start to make some immediate judgments or you start to have some immediate beliefs, which is normal, but then as you start to dig into what you think and what you believe, you start to take other things into consideration, right? He starts to, to feel the two boxes and can tell what's different. Well, this one is this and this one is that, and so you make, you make some judgments and you begin to believe certain things based on what you do know. There's a lot we don't know. He hadn't even opened it yet. There's a lot he knows, a lot he doesn't know, but he began to make some decisions 
based on what he could what? Talk with me just for a second. And kids, help me with this. Why did he choose the box that he did? Kids, if you're under 18, you can answer this question. Why did he choose the box that he did, kids? Because there was more stuff in it. Now, did he know for a fact that there was more stuff in it? No, but, but the other one felt pretty empty, didn't it? And it sounded pretty empty, like somebody got hungry before they got to church this morning, kind of empty. What else? Why else did Caleb make a decision based on the other one? I see somebody in the way back. Yeah, tell me what else. Yes, because it was heavier, right? He had both of them, and he could tell. Okay, this one's really light. I don't think there's really anything in this one, but the other one is a little bit heavier, so I hope it's something good, but at least there's something in it. See, we make, we make some decisions based on our beliefs all the time, and, and whether it's having to do with which box of donuts to choose, whether it's what we choose to believe in God and even this season, we base our beliefs on maybe the few things we do know, but it also requires us to truly just have some belief. Because until you totally open it up, you really don't know, do we? There's a lot of things we don't know. There's a lot of things we do know. So the question I would pose this morning is, what do you believe? But also, why do you believe that? What do you believe? Still an important question. It's a very important question. What do you believe? What do I believe? What would we say that we believe? And we might go through and have a long list. One of the songs we sang even spoke to what we believe as Christians or as believers, but I would want to press in and say, well, why? And Caleb did that exact same thing. He started to tell me what he believed, but then it was, well, why do you believe that? Why would you make that decision? And, and that's a hard question because you start to say things, well, I'm not really sure, but we are able to make some decisions based on at least what we do know. And I would even say, some people might say, well, you can't just base your beliefs on feelings. I would say you can't base all of your beliefs on feelings, but our feelings do matter. God is an emotional God. God has given us emotions and feelings. He's given us the Holy Spirit that, that kind of gives us those gut checks. And so when we're feeling, which direction do we go? What decisions do we make? What do we believe and why do we believe it? I would say we most certainly pay attention to our feelings, but not just our feelings. So as we go through this morning, we're going to look at the story of Mary and the Christmas story. I would encourage you to keep those two questions in mind. What do I believe? But also, why do I believe it? If you have your Bibles, head on over to the Gospel of Luke. If you don't have your Bible, I'm going to put them up on the screen for you here in just a second. And we're going to look at a portion of Mary's story out of Luke chapter 1 uh, that we don't always pay attention to. In fact, I'm actually going to skip over the part that most of you have probably heard, most of you probably know, where Mary gets visited by an angel. Now, kids, do you know the angel's name that visited Mary? No, that's okay. That's why you're in church this morning, so I can tell you. Gabriel. All my kids say Gabriel. Gabriel, yes. All my adults say Gabriel. There you go. There you go. So Gabriel came and visited Mary and gave her some news, right, and said, you're going to be with child. You're going to have this son, and you are to name him what, kids? Jesus. You're to name him Jesus, and he's going to be called Emmanuel. He is going to save people. He's God's one and only son. He is the Messiah. The angel Gabriel just lays out this incredible news to Mary. Now, I want you to see where we're going to pick it up right here in chapter 1, verse 34. This is Mary's response. The angel Gabriel just finishes giving her all this great news, and here's Mary's first response verbally. She had some, uh, some nonverbal emotions, as we can imagine, early on, but here's what she says first, verse 34. How will this be? 
Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Now, what do you think that big word is? What was the very first word in verse 34? What's that H word? How? How can this be? In other words, I want to believe. I'm not saying I don't, Gabriel. I'm just, I'm a little confused. I have some questions. <laughs> How can this be? See, we know that Mary believes in God, believed in God. She had a relationship with God, that she was full of faith, that she had favor with God. But even with that kind of belief, there's still some questions. How is this going to happen? How is this even going to work? It's a question of belief. It's not saying she doesn't believe. It's just saying, I want to believe, but walk me through this. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I, I'm not saying I don't believe, but that's kind of hard to believe <laughs> for me. How can this be? We find ourselves asking that question quite a bit. Okay, God, I believe in you. I believe that your word is true, but how does all this really work? How does all this happen? My, my son, Connor, my oldest, he loves asking the how questions now. And we'll have a lot of these conversations. I may have shared this with some of you before, uh, but he loves, he is fascinated with how we're going to get to heaven. In fact, he'll, he'll ask me, well, how do we get to heaven? And I'm like, oh, man, how long do you have? Open up to Revelation chapter 1. And, and so I'll begin, to, well, you know, when, when our time is done here, we die, and then we go to heaven. Well, how do we get there? And then I start just going into parent mode. This is not correct theology. It's just a good dad answer. Well, Jesus just takes us. But how does Jesus take us? I don't know. Connor, what do you think? Parents, that's exactly what we say. What do you think? How do we let them answer? And I love his answer. He says, I think Jesus is going to use rocket boots. <laughs> I'm like, that's a great possibility, Connor. And then he goes on, he began to give me, this is Connor theology, and he says, well, Jesus probably has rocket boots, and so he'll fly up. He says, and then we'll make a chain. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He says, well, Dad, you hold on to Jesus' leg, and then Mommy can hang on to your leg, and then I'll hold on to Mommy's leg, and Cole can hold on to my leg, and, and somebody's going to have to carry Collins because she can't hold on to legs yet. And I'm like, that sounds great. I'm sure that's how it's going to happen. But he's got a lot of how can this be questions, just like Mary did. Now, I love what the angel does. Gabriel actually answers her some. Verse 35, the angel answered. First of all, is it nice to know that God responds to our how questions? Maybe not the way that we want. He's okay when we ask the question. Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, that's important, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Look at verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Now what the angel practically does here, he, the angel Gabriel kind of explains but not really. I mean, if, if you're Mary and you're asking, how is this possible? The answer that Gabriel gives is not a satisfactory answer, is it? In other words, God through the angel Gabriel basically says, because I said so. Because I said so. That's how this is going to work. I mean, technically, yes, the Holy Spirit's going to be involved, but it's just going to happen, Mary, because I said so. And once again, a great parenting tool is because I said so. Dealt with that a lot this last couple days. Connor and Cole are love being out in the snow until they're practically frostbite, have frostbite all over their hands. I'm like, hey, it's time to come in. Well, why? Because I? Exactly. Well, Dad, what if it was just a few more minutes? No, it's time to come in. Well, why? Because I? Said so. Exactly. We're very good at the because I said so. And here's why. Here's why. Here's why. As a parent, I know more than my five-year-old, usually. 
As a parent, I, I definitely know more than my two-year-old. And so when I say those words, and I don't use them often, but when I choose to use because I said so, it's because I'm saying, you need to trust me. I know something you don't know. I'm aware of something you're not aware of. And so here, even though Mary is asking, how is this going to happen? The angel Gabriel gives her some kind of an answer, but at the end of it just says, what does he say here? Because God said so. <laughs> Look back. It says, for no word from God will ever fail. That's the very nice scriptural Christian way of saying, because I said so from God. <laughs> because no word from God will ever fail. It's going to happen, Mary, because God just told you it would. That's it. Now, I don't know what you all walked in here with this morning. I'm sure if you were like us, got a little stir crazy the last couple days. So you may need, out of nothing else that we read or I say this morning, you might need just that. You might just need to hear verse 37. Let me say it again. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. And if we believe anything, let's believe that that no word from God will ever fail. I might not always know how, and I might not understand why, but can I believe that? Can I believe that no word from God will ever fail? Verse 38, here's Mary's response. She says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Not a lot of excitement in her voice there, <laughs> is there? The angel says, because God said so, Mary, this is what's gonna happen. And Mary says, Okay, well, may it happen the way you say it's going to happen. No, like, oh, this is great. I get to carry the Son of God. Woohoo! It's, I am the Lord's servant. May what you say be fulfilled. <laughs> Very like, okay, I'm going to trust you on this. I'm going to believe in you on this one, but I'm not sure what I'm supposed to feel. Now, usually that's where we stop that portion of Mary's story, but I want us to keep going. Verse, the very next verse, verse 39, we see Mary do something else. So she interacts with Gabriel, but look at what she does next. Verse 39, at that time, so at that same time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now, do you remember the angel Gabriel talking about Elizabeth early on with Mary as they talked? Yeah, he said, hey, this is going to happen. The, the word of God never fails. And he even gives her almost an example, like almost a try me on this. Try God. Says, you know your cousin Elizabeth. She's been unable to have children. She's in her sixth month right now. She's even pregnant. And so for me, I read this and I'm thinking, Mary had to have, after the angel Gabriel left, Mary's thinking, he said Elizabeth is going to be pregnant. He's also telling me I'm pregnant. Let's go see if he's right on this one. If he's right about Elizabeth, then maybe he really is right about me. So she gets her stuff and she hurries over to see Elizabeth. For Mary, I think she's most definitely looking for some kind of confirmation that what the angel said is not just a dream, right? I'm not being crazy. What he said is real. What is she doing? She's trying to figure out what she knows and weighs that with what she doesn't know. She's She's having a belief moment. Here's the moment she's beginning to grow in her confidence of God and confidence in her very own belief. And God does that with us as well. I believe he gives us almost these little nuggets that says, okay, here's what you do know, Brian. Here's what you don't know. Test me in something and see if I'm right. Test me in something and, and see if what I say is true. Look in my word and look at my promises and see if what I say is actually true. I think he gives us those moments where he's asking us to believe in something that seems very unbelievable. But he gives us other ways to check it. Dare I say even test to see if what he says is true. Because once again, no word from God will ever, if it came from God, 
it's going to happen. It's going to be true. So Mary checks God on this. He, she checks the angel's story out and goes to see Elizabeth. And sure enough, Elizabeth is pregnant. And, and in that moment, her belief would continue to increase. So we might ask the question, well, why would Mary go visit Elizabeth? Like I said, I think she was checking out the, the angel's story. But I want us to ask a different question in that. Why would God use these two ladies? I find it fascinating and interesting that God would choose relatives. Remember that Elizabeth and Mary, they're cousins. It's interesting that God would choose cousins, relatives, family, to both have these incredible pregnancies. Both of them. Elizabeth is is carrying who will be known as John the Baptist that, that basically paves the way for Jesus. And then obviously Mary is carrying Jesus, God's one and only son. And what I find most intriguing about how God plans and how God works is he allows us to have one another. He's made us for relationships. He most certainly could have had Mary and Elizabeth and the the women that would carry those kids, those children, to be total strangers. But the fact that God planned family, relatives, to be carrying these two incredible and miraculous pregnancies and these incredible children, they had one another. They had one another. Now, I don't know, you know, ladies in the room that have gone through carrying a child. I know for my wife, with all three of our kids, having other people around here other than me was very important. (laughs) Very, very important. Why? Because you want somebody you can talk to. You want somebody that understands what you're going through. You want somebody to, to just be with you. And I love that God, our Father, God, our Father, in this big plan of of these miraculous pregnancies, he also chose to give Elizabeth and Mary a comforter. He gave Elizabeth and Mary a comforter, that what he was asking them both to believe in was a lot. He says, but I'm not going to ask you to believe all on your own and in isolation. I'm going to have you have one another. Comfort is part of who God is. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, let me put this on the screen, says this about God and comfort. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all what? Comfort. Who comforts us in our troubles, in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we receive ourselves from God. It's part of God's plan saying he is, the, he is the God, he's the father of comfort, so he comforts us. Why? So we can then comfort someone else. That's how God works, and we see this even in the Christmas story. Yes, there's a lot of believing that has to take place, but believing on your own is very difficult. God never calls us to believe in isolation. Yes, believing in him is something we all have to make. It's a personal decision. We're not called to believe on our own. No, in fact, we gather as believers. And this is comforting to know that there's a group of believers in our own community, neighbors in our county, that says, hey, we're believing together. We might not agree on everything, but we do believe in a few things that are the most important things. The gathering of believers is significant, it is important, and it's with this purpose, to comfort. The reason we have church, the way that we have church is not to fill seats. It's not to have a lot of people in attendance. It's so that you can be a comfort to the person next to you, that you can receive the comfort from God, but also be a comfort to one another. If we are never together, how can we comfort one another? We gather together so we can do exactly what God planned for Mary and Elizabeth to do, to be a comfort for one another. 
So here's how this interaction happens. Mary rushes over, sees, wow, the angel was right. And here's how Elizabeth welcomed her cousin Mary into her home. Verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Now, time out there for a second. Basically, what Elizabeth is proclaiming and telling Mary is, there's something different, and I'm aware of it. She even already says that the woman that is carrying my Lord, how affirming for Mary to hear that. She walks into Elizabeth's house thinking, I have no idea with what I'm going to walk into. I don't know if, if that angel whole talk was just something I imagined or if it was real. So she walks into Elizabeth's place and recognizes, wow, you are pregnant. The angel was right. And then Elizabeth begins to proclaim and declare to Mary who she is carrying the news she just found out Elizabeth is aware of, another affirmation. Mary's ability to believe, Mary's confidence in her belief continues to grow. And here's the last part of what Elizabeth says, verse 45. Blessed is she, talking about Mary, Mary blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Another translation uses verse 45 and says it this way. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Blessed are you. You are blessed because you believed what God said. When he said, because I said so, you believed. And even though Elizabeth is talking to Mary, that could easily come into every single one of us. Blessed are you when you believe exactly what God said he would do. Now that word blessed, man, we've got all sorts of ideas of what that word blessed means. And it sounds very Christianese and very churchy. So let me just tell you what that word really means. It really means the good life. Blessed are you who believe what God said is basically saying, you who believe in God and what he says, you're experiencing the good life. Now, that doesn't always correlate because we look at Mary and, man, there's a lot going on in her life. Can we really say, Mary, you've got the good life? You've got a great life? Because how we define good life is very different than how God defines and describes the good life. But that's what blessed means. It means the good life. Life And so in other words, when we believe in God, when we believe what God says, we experience a good life. Now, does that mean it's the good life and we get everything that we want? No. But does it mean that our belief will get us through? Most definitely. That's how we experience what we might call, quote, the good life. And it's because of our belief. It's rooted in our belief. Because belief is powerful. Belief is so powerful. It impacts our decision-making, as you saw Caleb and I demonstrate. What we believe about certain things, what we believe about certain people, it begins to come out in our actions and our decision-making. Belief is so powerful, we have to ask, what do we believe, but also why do we believe it? Has the very root in our own, what we would call salvation, the root of our belief is this right here. Romans 10, 9, and 11 says this, through 11. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and what's this word? And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who, what is it? Believes in him will never be put to shame. Belief is powerful. It's at the root of what he is asking us to do. Believe in him. It's the very foundation of of not just our faith, but what he's asking us to do. So what do we believe? But also, why 
do we believe it? How are we doing in our confidence would be another way of asking it. Now, a lot of people, when I talk them through belief, and especially that Romans verse, we tend to interchange belief and faith. And we tend to say that they're the same thing. They're very close, but they are not the same thing. They don't mean the exact same thing. Belief is exactly what you would think it is. I believe even though I don't totally understand. I believe even though I don't totally know. I don't have all the facts. I don't get it all, but I'm going to choose to believe. I am going to believe. Now, faith is a little different. It adds on to belief. Faith takes your belief, but it also adds action and it adds confidence. Does that make sense? Faith is taking your belief plus your actions plus confidence. We don't grow in our belief. We can grow in our confidence we can grow in the display of our actions, and that causes our faith to grow. So when scripture talks about our faith growing, may our faith continue to increase, it's saying we have our belief, but what do our actions show? What's our confidence in our beliefs? And what we've seen through the story of Mary is her actions as well as her confidence continue to increase, continue to grow based on that initial belief. And her faith, obviously, continues to grow grows from that. So if you can answer what I believe and why I believe it, to the best that we can, we'll never be able to answer it perfectly, but what do I believe and why do I believe it, then the next question is, well, what do my actions and my confidence begin to show? You could fill in the blanks. You could say, I believe, so I will blank. I believe and fill in the blank what, what's something that you believe, and then what do your actions show with that? I believe, and so I will. Belief is the starting point. Faith is what allows us to continue to grow and move forward. It'd be like this. Obviously, uh, Atlanta Airport had a lot of cancellations even before the snow got here. That's up to them, whatever they want. A lot of cancellations, a lot of delays and everything else, but um, it's because there was a lot of faith problems with the planes and the weather. Can we agree on that? Now, now here's how faith and belief work. Here, this might help you understand it. I believe that a plane can get me from point A to point B. I believe that a plane can fly Safely for the most part. I, I do believe that a plane works. Right? I don't understand how it exactly works. I don't understand the aerodynamics and all the physics behind it. But I believe that, yes, a plane, in fact, could get me from point A to point B. Now, the actions come into place. I might believe that, and everybody on the planet would believe that a plane can go from here to there. But not everybody will fly. Because of what? What's that word? They are afraid. Yes. So even though they believe that a plane will get them from A to B, their actions say otherwise. Their action says I'm not getting on that plane. <laughs> I believe that it can do that, but I don't, I don't want to have any part of it. So there's a belief, but there's a lack of faith. There's a belief, but a lack of faith. We have to do the same thing in our Christian walk. If we believe, that's great. Scripture says even the demons believe, but then we say, as the book of James points us to, what actions follow that up? It starts with belief, but how do we grow our faith? We grow it through the actions as well as through growing it in our confidence. So this week, as you go through the holidays, I'd encourage you, start going through. What do I believe and why? But then add, so I will. Oh, that turns it into faith. Belief says, I believe this and here's why. But faith says, here's what I'm going to do because of it. God, I believe that you'll provide for me, so I will with my finances. God, I believe that you love me, so I will with the people around me. God, I believe, so I will. How is your faith increasing like Mary's because of your faith and then belief? Last thing I want to point out, and I'm not going to read through the whole thing. I'm going to give you homework this week. I know you don't expect homework. Kids, I know you're kind of, you've had some snow days, so we're going to catch you up a little bit. Here's your homework. Write this down. Luke chapter 1, and write down these verses. Verses 46 
to 56. Write that down. Luke 1, 46 to 56. Luke 1, 46 to 56. What I want you to do this week is read that. And here's what you're going to discover. Is you're going to get to see Mary's faith grow. And see her confidence grow. Remember the first response she had to the angel? I am the Lord's servant. I hope what you say happens. (laughs) What we see here in verse 46, it begins what we might call, what your Bible might even title as the Mary's song or Mary's prayer. And as we'll see, you'll see her faith increasing all the more, her confidence growing, but it started in her belief. Even though she didn't have all the answers, it started with her belief. So can you do that this week? Can you just read? It's not that many. I'm asking you to read 10 verses in a week. I don't think that's too much for your pastor to ask you to read the Bible in 10 verses. He went there. He went there. I pulled that card. I pulled that card. So take a look and read it. 10 verses, 46 to 56 out of Luke chapter 1, and see what Mary has done. The belief is still the same, but you're going to see her actions, and you're going to see her confidence have grown from the beginning of the good news with Gabriel to the point where she got to show up and meet and spend time with Elizabeth. So my hope and my prayer for you as we continue to walk through, we're about halfway through the holiday season, halfway, you're almost there, keep it up, is I pray that we do believe, that it really is a season of believing. We see it in our kids, we see the belief that they have, and somewhere along the way, we begin to not so much forget, but I might even just say neglect our belief. If I went around the room and I sat down with each and every one of you and I just said blankly, what do you believe? We would probably all say about the same thing. We're all in different places. We're all in different parts of our spiritual journey. But I think for the most part, it would be very similar. There would be some commonalities there. But then if I started to say, well, why do you believe? How does your life show that you believe that? Oh, I think we'd start to see some discrepancies, me included. We begin to neglect our belief where we We said the prayer a long time ago, and yes, we believe it. God, I said I loved you, and if it changes, I'll let you know. We go through that kind of a mentality. Instead of allowing our belief to be at the very root and heart. Remember, if you believe with your heart, it's in here that we believe, and the actions and everything else comes out of that, and our faith increases. So I hope and pray for you and your family that your belief would not so much increase, but your belief would become more firm in who you are that it becomes the very center of who you are. And as that takes deep, meaningful root in your personal life, in your heart, your faith will grow. Your confidence in him increases. Your actions will begin to show and prove what we say we believe. So may this be a season of belief, getting our belief back to where it needs to be, the center of our heart, the center of who we are. And yes, It's difficult because what God asks us to believe seems very unbelievable at times. May we go through his word and see the proof that what he says will never fail and our faith will continue to increase. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you so much for for honestly believing in us. (laughs) You didn't have to send your son for us. You didn't have to desire a relationship with us. But God, you choose to believe in our relationship with you enough to do whatever it took to bring us back, to send your one and only son from heaven to earth as a baby for us. Then years later, to send that same one and only son to the cross for us. That same son is not conquered by sin or death, but conquers over sin and death and raised from the dead. 
Thank you for the promises we have in your word. Thank you for the words that you have given us. May we believe them wholeheartedly with all that we are. But may our beliefs not just end with what we, what we say. May it move into who we are and what we do. May our beliefs be seen in our actions. May you increase the confidence we have in you so that therefore our faith can continue to increase. We say here collectively that we believe in you. Help our belief to become more at the center of who we are and at the basis of our hearts, at the very root and depths of our heart. We believe in you. Increase our faith all the more through our actions, but also through our confidence in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.